The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. During the month of September, get 30% off using the coupon code PCOSAWARE2020. Again, go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com, use the coupon code PCOSAWARE2020 to get 30% off. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 224 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Do you remember when you first learned that there was something wrong with your body? Do you remember when you started to hate your body? Do you remember your first diet? How many diets have you tried? Have you tried so many diets yet still feel like a failure? Like you're not doing them right? Well, I know many people who have health conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome, diabetes, high cholesterol, or people living in higher weight bodies, I know that that experience is really, really common. The month of September, since it is PCOS Awareness Month, we're devoting all four episodes to PCOS. And I have a letter today from someone who is really questioning so many different things, but mostly, how do I make amends? How do I make this kind of, quote, final lifestyle change and move away from dieting? And even just saying that statement, it shows how complicated it is because it's really hard to sift through what recovery and having a peaceful relationship with food, you know, getting on to starting your food peace journey, what that really looks like when the only map you've been given is diet culture. I hope this episode gives you some new direction. You get to hear from Nina Mills, a dietitian out of Australia who I have gotten a chance to know over the years. She's lovely and has so much insight. But before we get to this episode's letter and hear from Nina Mills, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast has been brought to you by the Eating Disorder Trap book and podcast by Robin Goldberg. Robin sent me a copy of her book, and I was blown away. If you are experiencing an eating disorder, or you have a loved one who experiences one, or you're a clinician trying to do better, this is the book for you. Seriously, there are so few resources that are fat positive, gender affirming, and help people to recover in a world that has not recovered yet. This is a book that I think is going to be really, really important. So important that all the clinicians that I'm currently helped train to work with eating disorders are going to be getting this this holiday season. Act surprised if 
you're listening now, but I think this book is so important that I want everyone to have a copy. If you are unsure who to trust on the path of recovery, let this book be your guide. Written by an expert with over 20 years of experience in the field of eating disorders, this book will give you the facts in a friendly and easy-to-read format. Get to know what you're dealing with and how it is taking a toll on your body and quality of life. Get rid of the myths diet culture has had you believe. Find out where to go and who to turn to for support and compassionate care, maximizing your potential for recovery. It's a useful, inviting, and all-inclusive guide to eating disorders. Also be sure to tune into the Eating Disorder Trap podcast, an expansive support and resource system for people struggling with eating disorders. This podcast is for clients, clinicians, and anyone who wants to be able to support someone who is struggling. Download a chapter of The Eating Disorder Trap for free at theeatingdisordertrap.com slash lovefood. Again, it's theeatingdisordertrap.com slash lovefood for a free chapter download. Hey there, Love Food listeners. I have a quick podcast recommendation for you. This new podcast is called Demystifying Diversity. What if you had the opportunity to hear compelling firsthand accounts about the often life or death stakes of unchecked biases and bigotry? Would you listen? Biracial journalist Tara Lee Slines has interviewed more than 100 people, academics, politicians, thought leaders, advocates, activists, and even an incarcerated inmate for an in-depth exploration of a wide range of topics related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every other week for 10 weeks, she'll invite you to join her to learn more about a topic related to diversity. This podcast encourages listener participation, so on alternating weeks, Darylise and her co-collaborator, Anna Marie Jones, will host a Q&A episode in which they answer listener questions, share about the interview and podcast compilation process, and delve more deeply into each topic. They're excited to partner with you to demystify diversity. I was blown away by this podcast trailer, so I encourage you to check it out, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Be sure to check out Demystify Diversity. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, you and I have had a difficult relationship for a very long time. I'm only 21 years old, in the middle of working hard to be successful in my college career and other life goals but I can't ignore my fear and addiction to you that has always followed me like a creeping shadow. I was unhappy with my body from an early age. I recall looking back at my diary and complaining about my size. I was at a, quote, healthy weight at that time when I was just seven. Even back then, I attributed my problems to you, food, though I continued to look forward to the junk food I was allowed to consume at parties or weekend restaurant trips. Puberty hit me like a truck, and I grew too quickly, gaining stretch marks all over my thighs, hips, and breasts. I blamed you for that too. As a teen, I gradually started putting on the weight and suffering from mysterious little things that I just thought were a part of being a growing woman. My periods were irregular and heavy. I had borderline high cholesterol and was diagnosed with prediabetes in high school. I had such low energy and craved a nap every single day. 
I suffered from terrible panic disorder and depression and was put on medication that I continue to take for almost six years now. My acne was so bad that it made my skin itchy and red, and I spent over eight years trying what I have totaled to be at least 10 different topical and medicinal treatments for my problems. Eventually, my dermatologist assistant, a woman, suggested I had PCOS. I did the blood work and consulted with my gynecologist. Turns out, they were right. I got the news of my diagnosis over the phone. I was immediately put on birth control to manage my periods with a promise that none of these medications would affect my steadily rising weight. I sought out the help of my GP multiple times with what to do about my weight gain and other symptoms. I thought I would find a woman who understood what was wrong and how to help me. What I found was someone who just agreed to whatever I suggested I try for myself, whether it be medications, diets, or somewhat suspicious natural treatments that I was so desperate to trust that I tried them anyway. Needless to say, food, you and I both know none of it worked. I tried restricting my consumption of you to only XYZ calories a day for almost two months. I tried intermittent fasting. I hit the gym X times a week following the instructions of other women online who had said they, quote, cured their PCOS. I tried quitting my birth control, even if it meant painful periods. I have even had my family involved in helping me. My sister-in-law recommended the keto diet and running as much as possible. My brother helped me meal plan for weeks. My weight has stayed the highest it's been. I am miserable at parties. Seeing my skinny friends eat pizza and chips and soda while still staying slim makes me so upset I want to peel myself out of my own skin if it means I don't have to be in this body. If I enjoy even a little bit of you, I feel immediately riddled with guilt and shame. If I indulge a little bit, I use it as an excuse to indulge a lot. Then I beat myself up, cry myself to sleep, and get up and hit the diet hard again. I have finally admitted to myself that none of these diets are working, and it isn't my fault or necessarily yours either. PCOS was not something I got by eating one too many Oreos at sleepovers as a kid. It was genetic, something out of my control. The thing is, though, even though part of me knows this to be true, I still hate my body. And I hate what you do to it. I hate that I feel like I can't escape your influence. And I hate that I hate the way I am. Will our relationship ever improve? Will I ever find the right combination of you that benefits my body the most? Will I be able to realize the difference between dieting or a final lifestyle change? And lastly, will I ever be happy with you around? Sincerely, Struggling for Life. Oh, letter writer. Thank you so much for this note. And we are going to give Nina Mills a call. Nina is a certified intuitive eating counselor and dietitian in Melbourne, Australia. And she is someone that I've gotten to know over the years. And I think she's going to have some insight for you. So let's go ahead and give Nina a call. Hello. Hey, Nina. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm good, Julie. How are you? 
I'm so glad to be talking to you. I know it's morning there and almost evening here. So that always makes me laugh. (laughs) So (laughs) it's so good to talk to you and good morning. And did you get a chance to read the letter I sent over? I have had, I have read the letter. Yes. Awesome. I am so excited to talk to you about this letter and I'm honestly selfishly. I'm just excited to talk to you because we never get to do that. And mm-hmm. um, what was your general impression about what this letter writer is experiencing? You know what, as I was reading the letter, I, I couldn't help but get caught up with all of the kind of twists and turns of what they have been experiencing with their food and their body since they were really young, you know, kind of a bit like being on a roller coaster. And I, I almost felt like I was riding the roller coaster right along with them. And it felt intense for me as a reader. So I can't even begin to imagine what it has been like for them. You know, they've, they've really experienced a lot for, as they pointed out, only being 21 years old. And I think if I'm kind of, you know, wanting to sum up my general impressions, they probably fall into three areas. You know, on the one hand, there's, there's their long standing and, you know, deeply rooted dissatisfaction and discomfort about their body that reaches all the way back to when they were only seven years old. And that line in the letter that uh, really got me was, I want to peel myself out of my own skin if it means I don't have to be in this body. That that was so evocative for me and, and really illustrated how hard it is for the letter writer to tolerate being in their body. And then layered on top of that is, is their PCOS. And all of the hard work and effort that they have put into managing it so far, you know, they have done all the things that that really diet culture tells someone with PCOS that they quote unquote should do. And they've kind of had no return on their investment, so to speak, and instead are in more of a pickle with their eating and their body image. And then the third thing, which I just think hasn't helped any of that is having been failed by the healthcare system in getting the support and the treatment that they really needed and also that they really deserved. You know, Julie, I know you always say that PCOS is not a pamphlet condition and this letter writer wasn't even given that. They were delivered their diagnosis over the phone and things didn't get any better from there. So I'm, I'm getting the impression that, you know, all of those kind of things have culminated in kind of not having any trust in their body, which I could totally appreciate because I think this concept of, um, you know, quote unquote body trust. I think it's a lot to ask people who are managing chronic conditions, especially ones that can be unpredictable, like PCOS. So that's, I mean, a bit of doom and gloom. But I think the other thing that was great to read was that the letter writer has come to acknowledge that diets aren't working and that their PCOS is not their fault or even food's fault. But recognizing that. Uh, and then at the same time, still hating on their body and, and hating what food might be doing to it. I think it's it's like it's a really tricky dilemma to be in. So if I'm really kind of coming up and summarising, you know, my whole impression, I it sounds as though they're at diet rock bottom. Um, and as much as much as I wish we we lived in a different world where weight stigma and fat phobia didn't exist, so that people didn't feel that they didn't have any choice but to diet and weight cycle and then have to arrive at diet rock bottom. I don't know, maybe this is me being cup half full rather than cup half empty. I think there's there's sometimes some workability uh, in being at diet rock bottom because there's to change or or doing things differently. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think there's something about that space that's painful and Mm. it's also no longer kind of like 
no longer having all this like wool over your eyes, no longer um, you're like seeing through the bullshit. And so that's really hard to see all the bullshit, but at least there's not, you're seeing more of a reality and um, people have fed this letter writer so much, um, so many tools that were never going to work. Um, and maybe they didn't know they weren't going to work, but I think some, in, some parts of the diet industry know that they don't work and they're totally cool with still selling it and seducing people with it. But yeah, this letter writer seems like they're in a place now that like, I'm not going to be seduced by it anymore, but what do I do when I'm not dieting? Like, especially since they were seven, seven is like, that's the year I remember learning in, um, developmental psychology that like that's when we start to really appreciate that we even have a body, <laughs> you know, like that's when body image yeah. is like starting to form like, oh, I'm not the sun and the wor- world revolves around me. I'm this like separate being and I have a body that does things for me. And to learn at seven when you're just learning that you have a body that there's something wrong with it and that it's your fault and you have no control and shame on you. I'm like, that's so that makes me feel so much sadness for this person. And, yeah. and also like all the tools that they were given were just reinforcing that like negative space. So no wonder, yeah, like no wonder, like you said, like the peeling, um, that part of the letter really was heavy on my heart too. Like mm. it really painted a picture too for me. I'm glad you mentioned it because it's us help us to understand how it's hard to tolerate just being in a body that the world's always telling you is wrong, you know? And, um, and this person's like, dude, I've tried everything. <laughs> I've tried everything. I have, so, I have tried everything. Yeah. Every yeah. single thing. And so for someone who's at diet rock bottom, you know, this, this episode and this whole month is focusing on PCOS, but there's people listening who don't have it, who are also at diet rock bottom. Uh, someone like this letter writer, what would you recommend our, some steps forward. I think if if this were my client and, and uh, I was working with this letter writer, I would be echoing exactly what they had said, that none of this is their fault. It never was their fault or food's fault. And also that I'm truly sorry for the harm that fellow healthcare providers have caused them. Um, you know, the weight stigma that exists in diagnosing PCOS and also in PCOS management is a real problem. And we, I'm putting us here, we as a collective in the health industry have a lot of work to do to eradicate that stigma and that burden and that harm should never have been placed on the letter writer. Uh, so that's that's kind of, um, I probably would offer that to anyone who was coming to me at Diet Rock Bottom would, would be to offer back to them that none of this was their fault. And the other thing that I always kind of start with uh, with my clients is, is just kind of making sure they're getting enough to eat, you know, that their eating patterns across the day and the week and the month are consistent. Um, it's really hard to do any of this healing work when the body is undernourished. And I think the, the added benefit of, of being well-nourished is we know that getting enough to eat can also help with PCOS symptoms. But as a first step, probably specifically for this letter writer, I'm I'm wondering what it would be like for them to consider stepping off that roller coaster that they have been on and planting their feet kind of back on solid ground. And by that, I mean, you know, when the next person or the next Instagram account or the next wellness warrior comes along and tells them that they should try this diet or, you know, this meal plan or cut out this food or do this exercise program, that they just they kind of say to themselves, 
not getting on that roller coaster. Um, and, and that can kind of act as, I don't know, a little bit of a circuit breaker or put a pause in there to help them not kind of automatically just hop on that next roller coaster that's going to take them even further away from their body. And so instead of, of hopping on that next roller coaster, um, looking for some ways to start coming back to their body to rebuild some of that connection. So the thing that I, that I had in mind that um, they might like to consider is thinking about, um, you know, a body function or a body part that they maybe feel a bit more neutral towards that they can connect with. I know in, in the Intuitive Eating Workbook, um, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch talk about, you know, our bladder as being a part of our body and, and peeing as being a bodily function that we tend to have more, we, you know, we tend to have more neutrality towards that we can connect with um, to notice what that experience is like. And it's, it's in connecting with things that feel more neutral, we can then build on to um, connecting with sensations and body parts that are more closely connected with our food and our eating and our body image. Or, you know, if it's not, it's not peeing. Maybe it could be something like, um, I don't know, noticing your eyes burn or get watery or stingy every time you chop onions. Now, I know that's, that's probably not the most pleasant sensation, but I haven't come across anyone who tends to berate themselves or beat themselves up because their eyes water when they cut onions. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a body function or a sensation that we can tend to notice and observe happening without too much judgment and just be able to say, actually, there's a thing that my body does that's predictable. I can, I can pretty much expect when I chop onions, this is what's going to happen. Um, or maybe it's, you know, your fingernails, observing your fingernails. For most of us, they're just always there. They just grow, we can trim them, and then they keep growing. And they're just doing their thing, being there to protect the tops of our fingers and help us pick things up. Because I, I know it's a lot to ask for someone to just drop feeling hatred towards their body and then love their body instead. But I'm just wondering if these kind of small acts of neutral connection can create some space to nurture the belief that their body is still worthy, it still deserves respect, and that they can care for it, regardless of their kind of overall feelings towards it. Yeah, and all the, the like life um, experiences that this letter writer and people who can relate to the letter writer when they were told like, Oh, you can't trust your body. It can't work. You, especially with like hunger and fullness and things like that. Those examples you gave are so wonderful. Um, and I, you know, I've heard the one with like peeing, but the onion and the fingernails, like those are really great ways to, to, to like help a person appreciate like our body, no matter what, like our bodies have these really predictable things that happen. And that's, I, so I think you need it. Like those are really wonderful ways for people to like practice noticing without judgment. And if you can notice without judgment about your eyes watering up and kind of stinging when you're cutting onions, um, that means there's a capacity there and yeah, hunger and fullness and then experiences with dieting, they're very predictable too. Like just mm. having that experience to like um, be able to rewire the brain to be not judgmental about it. Um, again, those are really fabulous examples. Thank you for those. Love oh, that. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in saying um, the, the wisdom that um, people with chronic conditions have, I, I, I kind of wanted to also note that this letter writer 
did actually observe or did write about some inner wisdom in noticing how their body responded being on and off the pill. I know we kind of talk about the pill as being like a Band-Aid for PCOS, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, people with PCOS get to choose what, you know, what their management looks like. And if being on it, uh, um, you know, being on it and getting some respite from their symptoms might be just, again, the thing that can create some space um, so they're not constantly being focused in on, um, you know, that, that fatigue or that, that hunger or um, the, the painful periods. And, and then they can actually uh, have more space to, to focus on, on healing their relationship with food and their body. I just, I, I think there's no shame in deciding to stay on the pill. It's helping oh, you feel better. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. I so, so agree. And um, something that, especially in, in body positive or fat positive, spaces that aren't spoken a lot about is body autonomy. Although sometimes people are talking about it, but there is, there's like this stigma in our world to taking medications and, and, and rejecting medications. But when a person is experiencing some of the things that people with PCOS have described to me about like heavy periods or painful periods or um, no periods or needing birth control, you know, like um, I think it's really important to have body autonomy because not only because, you know, Nina, you and I believe, I can probably assume that you believe in a do- body autonomy too, but totally. also, yeah, but also <laughs> like diet culture and the healthcare providers that have pushed this letter writer to not trust in their body. They've taken away autonomy, you know? So yeah, whatever uh, yeah. you find yeah. that helps to like, be like, oh yeah, I'm in charge of my body. It's mine. I get to decide what I do with it. Um, I, yeah, we're going to be all for that, <laughs> right? So, 100%. Yep, yep. Yeah, totally. I, I think that totally um, helps a person heal on their journey too of like just regaining that expert role that we talk a lot about in the intuitive eating circles. Like you're the expert of your body. Nina's not the expert. Julie's not the expert. Your doctor's not the expert. You're the expert of your body and only you are going to know what you need. So let's help you yeah. reconnect with that. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I picture that roller coaster, like going by, um, it's such a wonderful, um, metaphor of just thinking about like, Oh, I, I noticed the roller coaster right there and I'm keeping my feet on the ground this time and mm-hmm. just noticing it go by. Cause that's how food trends, diet trends are. They're just another roller coaster. <laughs> they, are. <laughs> you know? they are. And they, they look you know, really fun and really appealing and really exciting. And you, you're on it and you're like, oh my gosh, this feels horrible. Yeah. I mean, there may be some parts that are kind of fun and like yeah. group effect yeah. of it and be like on the, the thing together with a bunch of people. I'm like, yeah. But then there's parts where, yeah, not, not cool. <laughs> so, um, well, I appreciate all that. And Um, We have um, something on the Love Food Podcast called the Food Peace Syllabus. And the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we've gathered over the last 224 episodes now, things that help along your food peace journey. And if you would like the most recent copy, you can go to juliedillonrd.com to download it. But Nina, I'm wondering if you would like to add anything to our syllabus. We were talking about the intuitive eating workbook before. I'm sure that is on there and it's been on there a dozen times already, but uh, in particular, um, 
the the part of the the workbook that I was talking about um, around that, you know, noticing more neutral body sensations, that's in, I'm not sure if it's in Chapter 2, but it's in the chapter on honouring your hunger. There's an activity in there on um, being able to kind of, uh, I don't know, clue in or, or get in, in touch with, with those other body sensations. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would be putting that one back on there. Um, I think, you know, the other thing that um, I really noticed in the letter as well was, was around this um, quote-unquote food addiction piece. And I, the only other resource that I was thinking about was um, Jose Savinsky, who is a dietitian and therapist in training in Canada. She has a great roundup of resources on the topic of food addiction over on her website. So I would probably share that as a bit of... Um, I don't know, a bit of background information on on what's actually happening in our body with that experience where people feel like they they are addicted to food. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would never want never want the letter writer to feel as though they 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 need to escape food's influence. Um, I think it's probably more about shifting who holds the power and who's in charge. And to be honest, I don't I don't think it's the letter writer or food who's in charge at the moment. I think it's it's diet culture and diet culture's really mm-hmm. weaponized food. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. powerful to name. Yeah. 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 That's really, um, really important. Otherwise it's, I, I have a bunch of, um, programs, short courses over on my website and I'm in the middle of developing a new offering. I haven't really decided yet if it's going to be a, a course or a program, but it's, it's geared towards the more kind of actionable or practical food stuff that can help people who are experiencing that, that, it's again it's a roller coaster of that restrict binge cycling get some respite from feeling out of control around food and instead feel a bit more calm and in charge of their eating you know I I wanted to have something available for people who are maybe a bit unsure about working one-on-one um or there's time access money stuff that that might be a barrier I'm always looking for ways to make accessing um my services and kind of services um, or support in in this area of, of healing your relationship with food, healing your relationship with your body, just a bit more inclusive. Um, so I have a wait list for that at the moment because I'm not 100% sure what that's going to look like. But um, yeah, that's all over on my website. Awesome. What's your website? It is feelgoodeating.com.au. Awesome. Actional steps like that's something that I know a lot of people are going to be really interested in so I look forward to to see what you develop I think it'll be amazing Um, so definitely keep us in the loop as it's coming together and once it's created I would love to be able to share it once it's done and um, thank you so much for your wisdom your compassion expertise I mean that was really um, I'm always intrigued with how other people when they read a letter that I'm also reading this the, the places they go with it so it was really um, it was really wonderful to be able to hear like your, um, feedback on how you would kind of move through with a person on this letter. And if someone was also in the same way impressed, um, and wanted to know more about you, where's the best place for someone to go to find out more about your work? It probably is still to my website, so feelgoodeating.com.au. And I'm on all of the socials, but I tend to be on Instagram, um, more often. And my handle there is feelgoodeating. Awesome. Well, I will keep everything in the show notes, of course, if you're listening and didn't get a chance to jot it down, but it'll be all there. You can just swipe up right now and get to all of it. But Nina, thank you so much for your time. I, again, it was selfish of me because I wanted to talk to you, but I also (laughs) appreciate you exploring this letter with me so everyone else can hear your wisdom. But I I hope you have a great rest of your morning.
Thank you so much, Julie. And I, I feel very, very special being asked to come on and um, answer a letter with you. I've been, gosh, I think, I think Love Food was the very first kind of anti-diet food piece kind of podcast that I ever listened to. So I've been a long time listener, long time fan. So it's, it's kind of, it's feeling very special for me to be here as well. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Oh, that was so sweet. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Nina helped you discover some new insight on your food peace journey. I hope you know that you're not alone. There are many, many people with PCOS who are walking that same path, people with other conditions too, who are really trying to discover a way to make peace. And I look forward to hearing how things are going. So stay in touch. I see food is written back, but before we get to food's letter... Thank you to this episode's sponsor, The Eating Disorder Trap book and podcast by Robin Goldberg. Be sure to get your free chapter download at theeatingdisordertrap.com slash lovefood. Thank you again, Robin, for your support of a Love Food podcast. Also, be sure to check out the Demystifying Diversity podcast over on iTunes or any place that you like to listen to podcasts. It is going to be a great show. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you left me a rating or view, subscribed or shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow and helps more people have access to food peace. So until next time, take care. Dear Struggling for Life, we hope you can see that a final lifestyle change and a diet are too similar and rooted in diet culture. What would it be like to experience more body neutrality, to notice it without judgment? Practice this and it can help you start to make amends. Be compassionate because this takes time. It's not linear. Forgive yourself for the past tools that were paraded like solutions. You've been on this roller coaster for so long, it may feel strange to step off. It may feel wrong. Consider what it would be like to watch that roller coaster from the ground, watch it go around, and sometimes yearn to be back on it, yet grateful to be on a different path, your food peace journey instead. Imagine where you could go. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.